You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are kicking off the 10 o'clock hour here from Aberdeen Round Cali High School. I am Chris Euler. I am Dominic King. And we are excited to be with you here today. We've had a great show so far. Got some Borglum. Yes. Uh, or Herglum Borglum. Yeah, what I Berglum. thought it was. <laughs> How did I say yes to that? Like, <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm ashamed. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But we got Guts and Borglum yes. to the talk of the law and justice to Oof. the awesome interview with uh, the wonderful uh, admin team here at Roncalli. Yeah. They're great. And we also had a giveaway. Did. That no one wants because people are being stubborn. Yeah, I mean, they might be busy. They might you know. be busy. That might be this. Driving. Driving. I, I hope you're driving and you're waiting to call to you get mm-hmm. your location. Mm-hmm. Texting and driving is, is not a good thing. No, no. Uh, do you think that will one day become a sin in the catechism? Wow. I'm kidding. Go in there. Will texting and driving become <laughs> a sin one day? Huh. No. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'll, you know, being responsible. Yeah, being, that is a sin. Yeah, yes, maybe. Sin of, Omission of your responsibility. Yeah, there you go. All right, there you well, go. Well said. The the modern the we call it, you know they have like the surfer Bible you know like like sup dude I'm Jesus. You ever heard of that Are translation? You they literally if you Google it they have a surfer Bible wow. translation. Wow. What if they have like the surfer surfer catechism? <laughs> sup bros, oh, man. I didn't shalt. know that existed. Yeah, but I want to buy it now. So. You should buy yeah. it. <laughs> Thou shalt yeah. not adulterate, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sick wave, bro. Uh, why, why am I not surprised, though, that it's out there? there no. There's some different translation. You know, it's the amount of versions out there. It's just incredible. Or, but, like, in South Dakota, you have the popular, good old popular, like, cowboy church, you know, like the <laughs> cowboy Bible. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, I reckon you shouldn't be doing that, <laughs> says the Lord. <laughs> All right. So, uh, just a quick reminder, call on in to get... Uh, your gift of hope tickets, if you are still interested. We got one more set of tickets to give away for the wonderful event this Saturday. 877-795-0122 is the number. Call on in. One more set of tickets for the benefit for the Lord Center, the gift of hope ticket giveaway featuring Unspoken. So we are very excited to welcome our next guest to the show uh, here on Real Presence Live. We are going to welcome the Bishop Donald DeGroote from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and he's going to chat with us about how we can flourish during Lent. So, Bishop, thank you for joining us today. Hey, you're welcome. Happy to do it. Yeah, we're so glad to, to have you on today, and it is a great gift to have you leading uh, our diocese. Uh, we've been praying for you, and we're, we're just so grateful for your leadership. Now, Bishop. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you, we mentioned a little bit here that we're going to talk about flourishing during Lent. And as we're looking at that phrase to flourish what does that mean yeah great question you know i think there'd be uh, many different ways to describe it but think of it this uh, this way i like to think of it as how can we attain our potential as human beings Hmm. now what's important is it's not just uh that we're limited to our human capacities we also are able to receive and have received through baptism and all the graces god gives us which includes, for example, you know, sanctifying grace, actual grace. You think of the supernatural virtues, the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. To fully flourish means that we are we're able to access all the things that actually help us 
to be healthy, happy, and holy. So when I think of full flourishing, I think of to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit. So it's, it's making sure that, for example, full flourishing on the human end, that our mind, our body are healthy. So all the practical things that go with it, right? Are we eating well? Are we getting our exercise? Are we getting our proper sleep? Are we getting a good balance of life? So all the human things we can do, and even our mind, the things that weigh us down, for, for example, um, how can we fully flourish by surrendering things that are outside of our control to God? And how can we let God's grace into our hearts so that, and our mind, and our will, so that we can spiritually receive all the supernatural graces God wants to give us so that we can both humanly and supernaturally flourish, meaning excel, excel to our capacity as human beings. Uh, Bishop, you know, does does Christ talk about, you know, flourishing in the scriptures? And do you have any examples of that um, in our in the Gospels? You know, one that comes to my mind would be when I think of John 15. John 15, of course, is the uh, the vine and the branches. So it's this whole thing about uh, bearing fruit. If we think about, you know, full flourishing, you can tell if we're flourishing, if, if we're really uh, experiencing the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, modesty, so on and so forth. So when I think of that beautiful image of Jesus teaching us that, you know, unless we're connected to the vine, we aren't going to produce fruit. And think of that as flourishing. So just as an example, uh, in his words, he goes on at one point to say, uh, as the Father has loved me, so I also love you. Remain in my love, right? So the invitation is remain in my love so that you might fully flourish. And then he, he goes on to say, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And we know in our own life when we experience great interior uh, spiritual delight called joy, um, we know that we're flourishing. So I, I like to think of the vine and the branches as the, it would be an implicit, if you will, application of what the word uh, fully flourishing looks like. To fully flourish, even in Lent, right, God prunes things away, or we, even through our ascetical practices of fasting, for example, try to dispose ourselves to not just give in to the desires of the flesh, for example, um, or the ego, the, the things that might uh, we want to just spend time on TV, or maybe it's if it's kids, uh, video ga- video games or internet things or, you know, gaming, whatever. So it's really full flourishing is this receiving of grace. And I'd like to think of the vine and the branches as an example of the call to fully flourish. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And as we're, you know, pursuing this 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 journey of, of flourishing, uh, you say, you know, the vine and the branches, like to be connected to the Lord and to let Him work in us and be able to receive that grace. What does that require of us? Like, I know oftentimes in my life, I'm stubborn. Sometimes I don't always want to <laughs> give in to what the Lord is doing. Uh, and so, like, what kind of thing does, is required of us in order to fully flourish and receive from the great vine giver? Yeah, you know, there's many things, and uh, it depends a little bit on from one person to the next, but certainly some general principles. We know humility is the foundation of all of the spiritual life. So if humility, which is the truth, is God knows things to be, if we live in humility, we realize we're not God. We might have our own will, we might have our own attachment to certain desires in this world. 
But humility disposes us to open our hearts to God, to His will, His plan for our life, because He actually knows what's best for us. He knows how to help us fully flourish, and He wants to give us the spiritual grace to do it. So in humility, prayer is extremely important, so getting very practical, right? Spending time with the Lord. I love your example, right? Like, hey, if I'm strong-willed, what do I need to do? Oh, that's the thing I need to relate to the Lord, right? Lord, I'm struggling because I want to do my will, and yet I'm sensing you want something different. So if we can relate that to the Lord, talk to Him about our struggle, ask for His help uh, to receive His grace so we can die to our own preference, uh, so that we can fully flourish. So Lent enables us to have time in prayer uh, for that sort of thing. We also often use, of course, fasting, and by fasting it means, okay, we're we're trying to ad- address some attachment that we may have in our life, right? So I love Cheetos, I love ice cream, right? I love chocolate. Okay, well, those can be good things to give up as a way to discipline the passions because the more rightly ordered our passions are, the freer we become. And then that enables us to be more open to receive God's grace. We're not just driven by the desires of the flesh, for example. Or if it's, you know, our iPhones or Internet, i got to know what's going on at any given moment, uh, to actually uh, become more free in that area of our life disposes us to receive God's grace. So it's, it's taking initiative in prayer and reflecting upon how can I open my heart to God? What is it that I maybe am too attached to in my life where I know there isn't freedom because there's a more impulsive desire that just I want to give into. I want to watch this. I want to eat this. I want to drink this. I want to, you know, spend lots of time on uh, technology or whatever. Whatever those things we might have to actually open those up to the Lord and to practice asceticism or discipline in those areas of our life. Yeah, Bishop, you know, another important aspect is, you know, is almsgiving. And obviously we can give financially um, to those in need and to the church. But are there other, you know, forms of almsgiving that, that we can we can do during Lent that, um, not, not just financially, but other ways that we can give alms? You know, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful way of thinking. And I suppose if we use some of the typical uh, language of stewardship, being good stewards of the gifts that we have, we could think of our time, our talents and our treasure, right? Mm-hmm. So giving our time to someone, calling someone in the nursing home, you know, someone who's uh, homebound, uh, those would be beautiful ways we could do it. Certainly our talents, sharing those with the church or other good charities uh, can really be a way for us to share of the blessedness, the gifts, whether they're natural gifts or supernatural gifts that we've been blessed with, to make ourselves available and generous to others. So think of it as being generous, whether it's literally financially, mm-hmm. but it could also be in many other ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Bishop, for being on with us today and for starting this conversation about how we are going to fully flourish. Uh, we've got to cut to a break here now, but when we come back, we're going to stay here with Bishop DeGrood uh, and talk about uh, some of these challenges to receiving the love of God. Even though it sounds so simple, sometimes we struggle to do that. And so uh, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Bishop DeGrood here in a minute. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. <laughs> uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know? you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the Scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. They had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to Real Presence Live here in the 10 o'clock listening hour. We are uh, grateful to be here broadcasting from Aberdeen Round College. I'm Chris Euler. I'm Dominic King. And we are on with the Bishop of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Bishop Donald DeGrude, talking about how we are to flourish through Lent. And before the break, we talked about you know being connected to that vine, being connected to the Lord who's going to help us to flourish and give us the grace that we need. We just have to be able to be prepared to receive it. So, Bishop, uh, along that same vein, intellectually, it's easy for us to read the scriptures and to read all these great spiritual writings, or even hear a talk that talks about how loved we are by God. But a lot of the times, we don't always believe it. We don't always see that to be true in our lives, and we, we struggle. And so, even though it sounds so simple, why is receiving and knowing the love of God so hard for us to do? Oh, great question. Well, there's many complexities. Uh, let's start kind of way back at the beginning, uh, way back in uh, the original sin of Adam and Eve, there were consequences. Mm-hmm. And some of those consequences are disordered desires. Um, we have a darkened intellect, a weakened will, so the resolve to do the right things always. So as a consequence, we come from a, uh, a bit of a handicapped position, so to speak, right? Uh, in other words, we have broken inclinations, broken desires. So because of that, it makes it more difficult for us. The second thing is often we tend to judge ourselves by who we think we are rather than looking at God who looks lovingly upon us. 
So in other words, we can intellectually, and this is very, very, very common, uh, even at all ages, for us to say, well, I know God loves me intellectually, theoretically, if you will, but I don't experience it, if you will, within my whole being, my whole life. And part of it is because we're judging ourselves that we feel we may not be worthy of His love because of our sins or because of our weakness. And we have to make the distinction of the person and the choices, sometimes bad choices, that we make. God loves us absolutely unconditionally. He's created us in love. He redeems us through Jesus, of course, and the Holy Spirit wants to animate us with God's love. So the challenge often is, because we see our weaknesses or others judge us, we make determinations of who we are and how lovable, if you will, uh, we think we are, but it doesn't match up with reality. Reality is, as God knows things to be, it's the truth. So when God says in Scripture, you know, God is love, when it says God is love, God is love, and when He loves us unconditionally, so what we have to do is we, it's, it's kind of like retraining our minds because of all the negative feedback we may uh, have uh, consumed, if you will, from young on. Uh, negative thoughts about ourselves or people picking on us or people criticizing us in uncharitable ways or not objective ways, we can take them on as if that's truth. And so it's really a retraining of the mind, and it's really by listening to the heart and receiving God's love and letting go of those old concepts, kind of like old records, right? All negative thoughts give us a bad sense and an uh, inaccurate sense of who we really are. So prayer enables us to just, like, hold it. That's not true. <laughs> if I'm loved unconditionally, God is love, and He wants me to receive His love, then if I look lovingly at God, I'm able to see and experience as time goes on who I really am. And then I begin to love myself and love others and God with His own love. So that's why it's so difficult for us, because we, we have an inherent brokenness, then we tend to make judgments about ourselves or receive you know, negativity from others, and that influences how we think and feel about um, our capacity to be loved by God or others. You know, Bishop, you know, uh, stemming from that, you know, what in what ways does the season of Lent um, help us strive for greatness and full flourishing, um, help us kind of get back on track and, and realize God's love for us? Yeah, hopefully the goal would be that we, um, you know, with our aesthetical practices, so for example, the customary prayer, fasting, almsgiving, whatever the things are, as we take time to enter into the mystery of this season, like Stations of the Cross, the various devotions, also Holy Week, um, what, which, what ideally should be happening is that our passions are governed by our reason, so we start to make prudential judgments around, you know, any attachments we might have to uh, whatever the things are that, that tie us up from interior freedom. So if we think of it as our passions or our desires governed by reason, what's the prudent thing to do? We're enlightened by faith. Well, what has God revealed to us? God's re- revealed to us His unconditional love. We look at the cross, and as we think of prepare for Good Friday, God's sacrificial love, He took it on for us, Jesus did. It's, but it's all motivated by charity. So it's passions governed by reason, enlightened by faith, what God has revealed to us, His love for us, um, and then motivated by charity. So when we receive that love of God, it radically transforms how we look at ourselves, God, and others, and it's really God alive in us. Absolutely. 
Yeah. I, I always um thinking about Lent as, you know, this thing that's can be so like dark and dreary and it's like, oh, we just have given this up and it's frustrating. Uh, and and that's kind of something that becomes like a cultural thing, I think, for a lot of Catholics. Like, well, I'm giving it up because I just have to do it. And it's going to be hard, but there's no more follow-through other than I'm just giving it up. It's just not for that deeper recognition of the Lord's love. And so, what are some practical ways that we can be more intentional this Lent about how we how we pray, how we fast, and how we give? Because uh, I know, personally, uh, this year, this Lent, for me, I made a very conscious choice to make it different. And it, but it took me it took some prodding from people to help me realize that. And so what are some ways that you can help us and relate to us just to be real practical in these things? Yeah, good question. I think, you know, revealing what it is that we desire to do or not to do during Lent, right? So it can be like, I'm going to take more initiative to reach out to people that I, you know, friends that I haven't called for a long time, right? If that's a weakness for somebody that's what I'm going to choose to do. So whatever the things that we're thinking or, or we have been doing for Lent, to review them with others and have someone else to help um, just visit with us about those. How's it going? Kind of like accountability partners. This could be with spouses. This could be, you know, at a family uh, meal. This could be with, you know, uh, peers, um, you know, men's groups, women's groups. There's all kinds of ways these things could be done. But it's it's certainly about, you know, checking with the Lord. Is this resonating? Is, you know, Lord, what you want? Is there a sense of rightness? And if there is, then you follow it. But having others in our lives that we can share it with and talk about what our experiences are can really be helpful even to encourage us to persevere, right? Because we can start with, oh, I'm doing this because of this, that, or the other thing. Uh, but having someone to encourage us, to challenge us, to hold us accountable can be a good motivation, it's also really helpful to reflect upon what our motive for doing it is, right? So if it's like, oh, i got to do this because it's Lent, you know, I'm supposed to be fasting or I'm supposed to be giving more money away, but I'm not a cheerful giver, yeah. uh, obviously that's a challenge, right? So how then to pray, Lord, help, help me to be more free, to, uh, to see myself as a steward of your gifts, and then to taste the fruitfulness of being a good steward, and so we can practice works of charity. We can do that with others, volunteering someplace to, you know, help somebody that's in need. Um, and maybe it's not doing it alone. Maybe it's doing it with someone else. So I think there's very practical ways that we, if we do it and we're not alone in it, can be a helpful way. Uh, Bishop, do you have any, you know, personally, do you have any um, any practices that you love to do during Lent? And, you know, you know what's the reason for that? Yeah, you changed a lot. You know, when I was a little kid, it used to be to give up pop uh, because we would get a little shot glass, of, little shot glass of pop before we went to bed, and maybe ice cream because we get ice cream because uh, we're dairy farmers. Uh, so those things were as a kid, right? Things I have to give up. We used to have a little rice bowl, and you know, I'd put you know uh, sometimes uh, dimes, pennies. Uh, but I tell you what, it was more of a bite when I had to give a quarter, right? And, but I felt like, man, I, you know, that's a lot of money. I could get candy for that. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, there were a lot of those kinds of things. What I, as I, you know, it's changed through the years. It, it changed to different things at different times in my life. Now it's more a matter of uh, really something you, you talked about earlier of just, okay, my will. How can I give my will to the Lord? How can I be more attentive to God's plan for my day each day? Mm-hmm rather than trying to take things on myself, right? So how do I stay in the grace of the moment? So this plant has been one of the things I've really been trying to practice. So this week, for example, I'm on a contemplative work week. 
what that means is I try to sneak away to a little place. I'm down a broom tree, and I'm still doing work, but I'm trying to do it in a more prayerful disposition, kind of a disposition of heart, of being more open to the Lord instead of just, like, you know, fast-paced, get a bunch of things done. So that would just be a practical example of how I'm this Lent, really trying to stay in the grace of the moment and let God lead the way. Absolutely. That's beautiful. That's something that I always know I need help reframing, like, the why. Right? And it's something that the Lord reminds me of every day. Uh, so, Bishop, as we got a couple minutes left, do you have any final thoughts, reflections, or kind of a, a little fervorino for people who are uh, really diving into Lent and desiring to get more out of it? Yeah, you know, what, what uh, I'd say what comes to my heart right now is I experience so often as Bishop, uh, God the Father's love for those that I'm called to serve, uh, which means all of us that are blessed to be in the East River in South Dakota. And I know sometimes it's hard to experience God's love. Sometimes it's hard to know if it's really, if my prayer is effective, right? We all have these sorts of things. But I can share from my own heart But the Father puts on my heart as far as loving the flock, I really experience it as God's love for all of you. And so my encouragement is for, and, and others that God has brought into my life, you know, from other, my, my own home diocese or other people that I've been blessed to serve through the years. My point, my point of sharing all of this is to trust that God does love us, to choose that, to receive that as best we can, um, to look at God looking lovingly at us. I think that's the best thing, so we can get away from judging ourselves, even our weaknesses, our limitations. But let this be a fruitful lead by letting God make it fruitful, by just loving us and us surrendering all the things we can't change and fix about ourselves, others in the world, in our church, whatever it might be. Because God really does desire us just to be fully, humanly, mind, body, and spirit, flourishing, and um, and He wants to just fill us, because He's the only one that can make us holy. Amen. Well, thank you, Bishop. Uh, we have to surrender. We have to let the Lord do the work. Even though we like, especially East River, I know a good old South Dakota work ethic. We like to do things. We like to be the ones in charge. Mm -hmm. And so uh, thank you for your encouragement, Bishop, to let go and to let the Lord work in our lives and be the one to transform us. So we thank you, Bishop DeGroote, uh, and we know of our prayers for you. Uh, we're so grateful for your leadership. Uh, and we just ask you to pray for all of us, those listening, for those, for Dominic and I, as we go through Lent. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back after this break with a wonderful app that can help you pray and dive deeper into the mystery of Lent. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 